Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast of the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Live it! Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. Send us little notes. Little tweets. Little Little emails. Missives. Missives. (laughs) <laughs> not massive missives, just little missives. Can you have a massive missive? Why not? Well, I think like, the whole like word missive meant kind of diminutive. Does anyways. it? Does it? I really? don't know. I, mean, I don't. Hmm. Might be more connotation. Is it? I think it is because does missive come from missio, as in sent, as in something that's sent. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's about the the quantity, the size, the magnitude of that which is sent. How would they send us a missive, massive or otherwise? By email or by Twitter or by other ways, but those are the two easiest ways to do so. Yeah, a carrier pigeon we haven't had much success with. Nothing you received yet. More reliable than a carrier carrier pigeon is email. Again, the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us, which is similar to a carrier pigeon, but not quite. Is it analogous then? Then? I don't know. Good no. I don't Mm. know. The Twitter handle at SF Diocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag ignition to sort out from amongst the many of the tweets that the diocese receives, those intended for us on ignition. So if if we consider Twitter to be the like further technological development of the carrier pigeon, I can't think of any I'm other. waiting... Well, well, what about like uh, bats? Like, aren't there like some uh, Native American tribes where they like, send messages with bats? I didn't hear that, but maybe. Oh, maybe that's from the novel Dune. <laughs> that's from the novel maybe. Dune. Maybe. Okay. Never read it. Never really? saw the movie. Really? Sting. Sting was in that movie. Yeah. Oh, well. Good movie. So. Who, who are you? This mystery man in black across the table. I'm a lover of pop culture references. Indeed. I enjoy running. Because I enjoy eating even more. I want, there are three things, Father. There are three things that I want. I want to eat the things that I like. I want to not exercise and I want to lose weight. (laughs) How do I do those? Don't. You don't. Not at this age, at least. No, not at this age. Maybe once upon a time. Maybe at 15 you could. Not now. Yeah. Uh so who am I? Uh, yeah, that's how we got off of this. Mm, your fault. No, I'm still going on this fact that I am more than just my duties. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm also a son of the beloved father, saved by Jesus Christ and inspired by the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I uh, also... Uh, Oh, since I said inspired, he remembered to grab his Bible for this uh, ignition episode on the Bible. That was Dr. Bergwald. That's we'll what he did. To that. I'm commentating. We'll get to that. I'm is, jumping ahead. Is, is this color commentary or is this play by play? That was. I don't know. I think it was play by play. Sure. Uh, that was derailed. Uh, <laughs> that was a low listener share for the rest of this episode as people turn off. What this is going of on? <laughs> um. I'm curious with like podcast download stats, like how many of those actually like reflect whether or not it's actually listened to. 
or whether someone well, just has no, the yeah, automatic totally. download there totally. going on. Yep. So uh, that's, that's I'm a nerd like email as well. Op- that's like email open rates, click rates. Oh yeah, yep. Like just because I opened the email, does that mean I actually read it? I mean, sure, it's good, better that I opened it than I didn't, but still, come on. Right. Uh, so part of what I am as well, or who I am, is I'm a nerd. I just think about things. I wonder about things. I investigate things. That's just who I am. And then, uh, but is that what it means to be a nerd? Is that really the definition of a nerd? That's my definition of a nerd. Fine. And it works pretty well. I've got pretty good definitions of nerd, uh, geek, and dork. I'm not going to take the bait this time. Maybe next week. Okay. So, but I'm also the uh, the pastor of the poor people in St. Paul's in White that have to put up with me. Amen. And uh, the college students at the Pope Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings, but they seem to leave every three or four years. <laughs> I'm done with this guy. I'm, not I'm, many fifth years there because of the way I treat him. They just are like, oh, let's get out of here. I'm going to graduate soon. Can I graduate three and a half? Okay. Just because I want to be done with Father Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Bergwald, uh, Jermaine's husband, 17 years. Elena, Carl, Noel, Lexi, Mercedes' dad for, well, however old they are. I work for the Diocese of Sioux Falls as the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization. And with Father Andrew Dickinson... Because it's been a while since this episode started, I probably have to do a show promo again. Um, I record this broadcast, Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. Uh, we're, we're just like the Simpsons in some way. 30 years. They're re- 30 years. Well, well, hopefully we're not going to be as bad as they are like <laughs> here. I mean, because they stink now. But just in the sense that every Simpsons episode has the same structure. Yeah. You have something at the beginning which might be entertaining, but has no contact right. with the rest of the episode. Right. Although we actually do have contact with the rest of the episode today because we began talking to you about missives. Right. Or messages. Yeah. Or letters. Right. And we're going to talk about two of them today. Yes. Two missives from the Apostle Paul. Yep. So if you've been listening to Ignition, um, you, you... God bless you. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, thank, thank you in the spirit of last week's episode. Thanks. And grateful i am grateful for grateful for our listeners um where was i going you're talking about if you've been listening to ignition for a while uh we've been doing a series on the books of the new testament right uh and we are about to finish the letters of saint paul today um so we we've made good progress um during the course of this last year through through the the text of the new testament so we are up to the final two letters of saint paul's letters um and uh looking forward to next week i'm just just saint paul he's so so passe so you know, so old, so you know, two thousand years ago. I'm, I'm ready for something new. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Um, we we're gonna be looking at uh, Titus and uh, Philemon, or Philemon, or Philemon, or I don't know how the heck. I've seen it. You at least, well, not daily, but every every couple of years in the cycle, we get letters from Saint Paul to this guy. <laughs> how do you say his name? Philemon. Philemon. That's what I say too. Philemon. I think Philemon is what the uh, that little pronunciation guide for okay. for lectors. Philemon, I think, is. But it reminds me like Philemon. Fillet a fish, you know. I think of Philemon. Well, that just goes to show. You got a McDonald's appetite? I got. I did say I like to eat. No, I got a McDonald's budget, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on here. <laughs> so, 
Uh, what we're going to do in this episode is actually uh, because of the 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 uh, diminutive nature of these two missives, uh, we're going to treat both Titus and Philemon together um, and talk about them both in this episode. And as I said earlier, wrap up Paul's letters to whoever they were written to. So we'll start with Titus. Uh, before we get into this, we want to remind you, listener, that um, much of what we discuss you can find in the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, New Testament, um, written by Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch, a fantastic single-volume resource for New Testament scripture commentary, and a lot of the background comes from there. Much, but not everything. Yeah. yeah. We have our own little gold nuggets, so don't think you can just get out of this episode of Ignition and... Uh... And, and go, Just go read, read the no, Bible no. yourself. But we do want you to read the Bible. We, yes, yes. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Yep. Read the letters. There's these two in particular are very short. I mean, you can easily yep. read them uh, in a short period of time. So interestingly, I just uh, checked uh, about the meaning of the name Titus. You know, oftentimes names have meaning. Yeah. You know what the meaning of the name Titus is? No. It's unknown. Okay. Yeah. Why is that a surprise? I don't know. Just like usually, like ancient names usually have some meaning. You know, mm. or some. You know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, etymological connection yeah, to right. some yeah. other thing yeah. in some way. And, I'm with you. Uh, Titus, it just says, it's, un, it's, it's, it's an, uh, a last name of unknown meaning. Huh. It's a last? What do you mean, a last yeah, name? Yeah, proper name. Family name. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's what the Googles told me. Regardless of what the word name does mean or not. Possibly related to the idea of title of honor. Hmm. So. Okay. So um, let's talk about the letter to Titus. Written, it says, by St. Paul. Yes. Do you buy it, Father? I always buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've talked before about the the um, authorship of all of the letters, and um, the norm is pretty much... Traditionally, it's it, well. It said it's written by Paul. Uh, they they say they're written by Paul. Traditionally, it was believed they're written by Paul until about two hundred years ago. People started saying, "No, they're not written by Paul." Right. And there might be something to that. Our faith doesn't hinge on it, but just go with it. Right. Um, if you're you're uh, curious about more uh, a question about authorship, um, you listen to Ignition episode two seventy five, where we um, look at First Timothy and spend a little bit of time talking about Pauline authorship there. But um, I think we'll just leave it at that. For I time. think so too. Okay. Um, when was it written? That's a good question, and we're not really sure. Oh. <laughs> we through various ways of, of of the internal evidence of Paul's letters, we can often have a pretty good idea of when they were written, corresponding to one of his missions various missionary journeys um, during one of his imprisonments, perhaps. In the case of the letter to Titus, we're not sure. Uh, There's a number of opinions, um, quite possibly the early 1960s, but we're just not real sure. Yep. And so so why did he write it? Why Uh, did St. Paul write this letter to Titus? uh, Because Titus needed some encouragement in what he was doing on the island of Crete that he and Paul had evangelized. Just saying that Titus was having a hard time because he's surrounded by a bunch of Cretans. <laughs> Literally, yes, indeed. So you've been waiting to use that for. I hope. Well, maybe not. No, not just, really. Yeah, that, that was that was good. Let's spur the moment. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So Titus is back there working. So Paul writes to encourage him uh, and uh, just the different things he's got to work with there. Right. Pretty practical letter. Yep. 
It is. Uh, Crete uh, had a, a stable Jewish community, but mostly uh, Gentiles and pagans. That's, you know, they're mostly Cretans. Right. So uh, in this way, it's very, it is one of the, we call it the uh, pastoral epistles. Yep. Like First and Second Timothy. So it's written to a person, not to a community. It's written to a pers- person for a purpose. Um, it's a little less detailed, a little less personal than the letter to Timothy. Uh, but I don't think Titus holds that against St. Paul. <laughs> Why did you say as much to me as you did to the other people? To Tim. Yeah. Why is Tim better than you? Do you always like him better than me? No. No. Yep. No. Um, so another similarity between the letters to Timothy and the letter to Titus. Um, all three letters are addressed to a young bishop who is on temporary assignment. So Titus, Paul tells Titus he wants him to rejoin. Right. He wants Titus to rejoin him. So his time in... in Titus, come back. Crete uh, will come to an end. Yep. They also emphasize the idea of the importance of sound doctrine, which is a good uh, practical lesson for us today. The temptation today is to maybe push doctrine aside for the sake of pastoral sensitivity. Why is that a bad idea, Herr Doctor? Well, (laughs) I think a few reasons, but I I was having this conversation with another friend recently. If I, okay, you and I have talked before, Father, about what does it mean to be a pastor? A pastor is a shepherd. A shepherd guides and leads his flock. Correct. And keeps them away from danger Uh and feeds them on the finest wheat. Okay. Um, If I love you, I want what's best for you. Okay. I desire the good for you, which is what giving you truth is. It's. It to, it's it's the opposite of well it it is the opposite of love to not give you the truth because the opposite of love is indifference correct and I if, if I don't care about you well and and holding back the truth from someone uh, in this situation is most often not out of indifference it's quite often out of a desire to curry someone's yes. favor towards yep. you yep. so it's not even worse than indif- indifference it's use right. 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 You're using this person's emotions as to create their affection towards you. Yep. Yep. So don't spare the truth. Right. So so it's another way to put what you just said. I spare you the truth because I don't want to hurt your feelings. But what is that about? That's about me. Me. Yeah. So. Well, speaking about us, you're listening to Ignition, which is a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm Father Andrew Dickinsold with. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Father Father Andrew Dickinson with. (laughs) Dr. Chris Bergwald. And uh, you can email us with uh, suggestions about how to do our job better. We'll take them. Uh, ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us, the hashtag, or the Twitter handle, sfdiocese, using the hashtag Ignition. So we're talking today about uh, t- Paul's two, his two shortest epistles, letters, um, the letter to Titus and the letter to Philemon is how I'm going to say it, because that's how I want to say it, because that's, there we go. You know, as far as favorite passages, uh, just read the whole thing, because I mean, like Titus is like three chapters, uh, and so and uh, Philemon is just Philemon. There's no chapters to it. There's, yeah, there's no yeah. Yeah. So so Titus, literally in my Bible, um, is uh, not, about a page and a quarter. In fact, if they put all the text in one, it'd probably be in one page. Right. So, so it's not long. No. And so go ahead. You're gonna say something. No, and just so I just read it, and as far as I mean, it's it's short, it's easy to read, it's practical. You know, uh, we had readings from Titus on the day of the election uh, a few yeah, weeks ago, and people yeah. found that to be pretty, you know, some pretty neat correspondence because he's talking about, you know, what a leader should have, what qualities a leader should have, what's Christian behavior in that regard. Uh, it's a good little section on advice for young men 
chapter two, verse six and following in that way. And uh, so just all sorts of good nuggets. I also find it, I think part of the reason why uh, the church puts it uh, when she does in daily mass readings is because it's coming, we're coming up to the end of the church, the, the church year. In fact, as we're, as you're listening to this, we're in Advent. Right. It's the new episode, uh, new church year. Um, Titus though, and the end of the church year, final weeks of, of ordinary time, because there are those themes of Christ's return that, that do correct. Up. Yep, so. Correct. Which is good for us to meditate on. And uh, actually used at the end of the church year this year to preach on heaven and hell. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. There we go. People enjoyed that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We don't hear about it very often. No. So uh, let's turn to the letter to Philemon. Philemon? Um, him too. Mm-hmm. Um, the author identifies himself as Paul. Uh, not a, once. Not twice. But thrice. Three times. And there's a general consensus even today, even among biblical scholars. <gasps> gasp. Um, that St. Paul actually wrote the letter uh, attributed to him, to, to Philemon. Um, this is also written from prison, like the other uh, some of Paul's other letters, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, and Colossians. Together they're called the captivity epistles for that reason. Which captivity, though, we do not know. Um, quite possibly... Can it, you name all the captivities of St. Paul? There are only... Two that I know of. So the Jerusalem and the Roman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. in prison in Rome twice? Uh, well, well, maybe. So maybe. that is in prison yeah, again right. before he was released. Execution. Yes, you're right. He was. So, okay. And there may be another one. In fact, the day, that's why the day gets, the, get, this gets tricky. There may have been, there's some speculation, there's a fourth missionary journey that he made. And this was- The one to Spain? Do, uh, no, not that one. No, oh. he never, yeah. Anyway, bottom line is we don't know exactly when it was written, but uh, it's safe to say sometimes during his lifetime. We know it was written. It's very safe to say that. <laughs> so you don't think it was written after his death? I, I don't think so. Oh, Probably. That's my, an amazing my, my insight. Scholarly, my you know my my highfalutin scholarly opinion is probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Um, written to Philemon, also written to Philemon. Uh, who was a Christian, and as we'll see here in this letter, um, he he owned slaves. In fact, he right. owned one slave in particular that is the object of the letter. Uh, Paul also writes to uh, Philemon's wife and to another figure who may be uh, Philemon's son, Arch, but Arch, 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 I don't know. Archippus? 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 See, Maybe. these names. Why didn't they just like Chris and Maybe. Andy? It's so much easier. Like Chris? Archippus. Archippus. Why did he write the letter, Father? This is much more interesting than how to pronounce the names. So Philemon is a interesting letter on a number of grounds. Uh, And I want to talk about the other grounds, not just this first ground of why it's an interesting letter. But uh, it's written for the main purpose of sending Philemon's uh, slave Onesimus back to him, uh, who left him, ran away from home, uh, was caught, imprisoned, and in prison met Paul and was baptized and converted and now is being freed and going back to Philemon. And Onesimus is concerned, you know, about what's going to happen to him. And so Paul's kind of sending this letter back as a caretaker, if you will, or to to recommend uh, Onesimus to Philemon. Because in the Roman Empire, we're talking about more about slavery in a minute, but a runaway slave could be killed. Yep. Well, I mean, a slave could be killed, period, probably, right, just because right, of their right, property, right. in a certain sense. But yeah. And so, uh, but man, think of like, like the providence of God's providence of like, you know, why is St. Paul in prison at this point? Part of it's just to convert Onesimus mm-hmm. and to bring him back safely to Philemon. 
Right. Right. And so the Paul's con, Paul's um, desire for salvation for anyone. This is a slave. Like who can Paul? Why would you preach the gospel to a slave? Slaves nobody. I mean, literally, he's treated by proper as property by the law. No, because he is a, he's created in God's image and likeness, and therefore he is as worthy of receiving the gospel as anybody else. Right, and uh, which is part of that revolution of uh, the gospel. Another one of these good things about interesting things about this reading uh, is that revolutionary way of starting to look at slaves in the Roman world. Right. Right. So that kind of gets us to um, just briefly some other things about the letter, but I, I think it will we'll probably focus most of the time on the question of slavery as the background right, and, right. and what this letter represents that way. And so I, one of the other interesting things I just wanted to point out is the fact that um, it's an interesting letter in the sense of why is this scripture? Yeah. You know, this isn't some amazing and inspiring treatise. It's not some vital... Uh, theological point throughout the ages. It's really just a practical, heartfelt plea uh, from Paul uh, that this uh, Onesimus we met in prison has become dear to him, dear as a son, and wants Philemon to receive Onesimus back to himself uh, with a great charity in his heart. Right. And so it's interesting, though, because like you're not going to read Philemon and be like, oh, wow, the word of God is so inspiring and true. <laughs> right. It's not full of all sorts of... Uh... Theological insight, like Romans, right? Um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a simple, it's it's a very personal letter, um, short and sweet in the sense of a very personal letter. Um, he doesn't elaborate on a lot of themes. He he assumes them already. He doesn't need to spell them out. Uh, he simply writes to uh, Philemon, asking him to receive his slave back as now a brother in Christ. So. Uh just this kind of beautiful revolution going on. And I think it's interesting though, sometimes Philemon can be a point of attack yep. against Christians and yep. Christianity uh, because St. Paul seems to be supporting or propping up uh, the idea of slavery by the fact that he you know, doesn't demand for Philemon to release Onesimus and all of his slaves. Yeah. He's, he wants him. I'm sending your slave back to you for him to be your slave again. Right. So, so St. Paul's just cooperating with the status quo. He's a tool of the institution. That's certainly how some people read it. A source of oppression. Yep, yep. But I think the better way to understand this is just this beginning of the reform and eventual demise of slavery. You know, and it's interesting because we think of ourselves today as being so enlightened. Right. But there's still forms of slavery. Yeah. Uh, still, slavery still continues in one way or another. Right. And there's the slavery of uh, drug addiction. And people seem to discount drug use as just harmless recreation. There is uh, slavery of uh, the pornography industry. Right. Uh, there is the slavery of then uh, the the modern world slave trade, which still goes on. Yep. You know, you can talk to law enforcement officials in South Dakota about when pheasant season opens, and the amount of uh, uh, the sex trade, sex trade that's going on in our state. Uh, during Human a time trafficking. Like right. And so we're not as enlightened as we think we are in some ways in that that sinful gravity, the gravitational pull of sin in this area of dominating another human person is a strong one that wasn't easily reformed. Right, right. So Paul is contrary to that sort of attack. Um, as you said, he, this is the beginning of the reform of slavery because what slavery says is that this person is not a person, they're property. 
I own them. They are property just like my couch, just like my cow. Right. And what Paul is saying to this particular mm-hmm. slave owner, receive back not your property, slave, but your brother. But your brother. So this is the beginning of the 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 demise. As you said earlier, and it takes centuries, but it happened, um, as we know from its from its end, uh, the end of modern slavery, um, happened largely because of Christians. Uh, who who were abolitionists, abluting, or abluting, um, who wanted to abolish the practice of slavery, um, driving it. Just as Paul began the process, they would end it. But the point is, slaves are not property. They are people. They're, they're made in the image and likeness of God. And in the case of Onesimus, he is a brother in Christ. And so just that the need for this change and, and the difficulty of this change um, the world isn't as dynamic as we think it is. What do you mean, dynamic? What do you mean? That doesn't like change. It doesn't move oh, right. as quickly as we think yep. it is. Yep. Um, you know, we, we think, oh, we can change this in a matter of moments. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. Right. Right. You know, it actually takes quite a bit of effort for changes to happen. And, and I even think about that as a priest where, you know, I try to form my people on a certain point where I notice they have a deficiency in some area of their faith life or their Christian charity towards others or their love for God. I notice this deficiency and so I start addressing it and addressing it and addressing it. And the months and even the years go by and they're just slowly starting to pick it up in that way. Right. Yeah. Just think about your own, you know, New Year's resolution. We're coming up here to <laughs> January. New Year's resolutions. How, how, how many weeks do most New Year's resolutions last? A few? Maybe, maybe, maybe to the end of January. As a gym goer, I joke about it because it's always so crowded. Uh, in the gym the first couple of weeks after New Year's. Yep. But just got to endure it until like middle of February and it just kind of starts falling out. Yep. Right. And so if that's true about individuals, it's not, why would it be any different when it comes to societies, cultures, civilizations? Right. And that's why it really takes the grace of God to move hearts in these ways, in these substantial ways. And the more that we forsake and forego the grace of God, the more danger we have as a society of going back to these gravitational sink wells of sin. Right. Right. But we're given the grace to escape that gravitational pull. So right. But we, only if we plead for it and seek it and live it with authenticity. Exactly. Yep. 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 And so. Anything else about Philemon? Not that I can think of. So again, this is uh, Titus and Philemon are the last of St. Paul's epistles. Objection, Your Honor. Well, Hebrews, is that what we're yeah. yeah. One of my favorite epistles, and I think it's St. Paul. So there might be one more, but it, no, well, we'll talk about that next time. One, in, well, in there series. is one more epistle, but it's debated about whether uh, there's more than one objection. Paul. There's more than one more epistle right. in the Bible. Right, because there's also the Catholic epistles. Yes, there are. So don't worry, we have more of the Bible to talk more about. Of the Bible to talk about. Uh, more of the New Testament, let alone the Old Testament. Uh, but that wraps up this this episode on Paul. Again, read the letters. Read the letters. And that, again, will wrap us up, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Uh, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, with the hashtag ignition, with any questions or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.